It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 435 of the Talking Ferris podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is July 30th, 2023, and the San Diego Padres, they just swept one of the best teams in baseball. They just swept the best team in the American League West. That would be the Texas Rangers. The Padres started this series five games under 500, 49 and 54, and now they are 52 and 54. We're a couple days before the trade deadline, which is on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time, I believe. And the Padres players, they didn't want to see Blake Snell leave. They didn't want to see Josh Hader leave. Probably didn't want to see Seth Lugo leave either. And now they're going to get their wish. I would be shocked if the Padres trade Josh Hader or Blake Snell based on what just happened there. Now, maybe if they have a terrible game against the Colorado Rockies, that would, you know, maybe make a better case for one of them to be dealt. But Peter Seidler, A.J. Preller, we knew that going into this deadline, they were going to be a reluctant seller if they had to sell. So didn't want to sell. They were staying positive about this team. They thought this team or think that this team is going to turn it around. They have a big, long run in them. It just hasn't happened yet this year. And they're continuing to wait, continuing to think that this team has that run. and. They get a sweep at home. You get packed crowds every day. 
There's packed crowds like every game now at home for the Padres. It's nothing new. Now, whenever I look around the ballpark and I see it packed, it's almost it. It still is hard to believe. I, you know, growing up going to Padres games, my family having season tickets with the Padres, you know, seeing the upper deck be pretty empty on most nights, and now it's packed and there, you know, there's no room. Uh, and you see Gallagher Square, then park at the park. Sometimes it was pretty empty. Now it's packed as well. And those tickets are over $30 each. Like the Padres are the thing in town. And Peter Seidler wasn't going to give up on that this season just because things aren't going so well this year. He's someone that is always optimistic. And I was talking about this with someone yesterday. Maybe it's because of what he has gone through in his life, him beating cancer. And, you know, when I, I, I'm blessed that I have not been able, or I've not had that. I've not had to go through that, but I have family that has had to go through that and coming out of it. I assume that those people are just thankful to not have to deal with that anymore. And they view everything in a positive view or most things in a positive view. Uh, They beat cancer. So they think that they can beat everything. And so that's maybe why Peter, partly why Peter always chooses to believe in the players on his team, the people that are running his team. He's just an optimist. And I definitely can't blame him for that uh, if partly it is based on some of the life experiences that he has had to go through, right? Um, I don't know how many people have thought about that, and maybe that's why Peter is optimistic, but that did come across my mind this weekend thinking about, you know, because I'm someone that thinks that this Padres team would be better off selling Blake Snell, selling Josh Hader, because I don't think this team is going to go win the World Series. Um, And at the end of the day, that's the goal, or I should say at the end of the year, right, going into this season as well, that's the goal. And if you don't reach that, especially with the expectations going into this season, then at least go get something back so you can be in a good spot to go try to do it next season, you know, Uh, instead of wasting this season, wasting those guys last season's um, under contract, and then them go leave and you get nothing back. You get some random draft pick back for those guys when they leave in free agency. So that was my view on it. That's been my view on it for the last couple of weeks. But again, I'm not going to blame Peter Seidler for being optimistic about this team. And I understand AJ wanting to be optimistic about this team because it's his, it's the team that he constructed. Of course, he's going to stay confident in the team that he constructed. Um, Now, is that the best thing to do? You know, sitting as a fan on the outside, I, I don't think that's the best thing. I think you got to realize, yeah, maybe I had some flaws here putting together this roster. Maybe I didn't put the roster together very well. Um, but after this series, they're not selling. I would be surprised if Blake Snell is gone. I'd be surprised if Josh Hader has gone, Seth Lugo. Maybe you have to sell away some major league pieces or a major league piece to get something that you really like back. But I think it's either stand pat with his Padres team right now, or it's you go get pieces. You go get 
a controllable piece. Maybe it's an outfield bat or a power first base bat, or you go get controllable pitching, or maybe it's a little bit of both. Uh, but there's not a lot of time before the trade deadline. But yeah, this series right here, sweeping a really good baseball team in the Texas Rangers. I know that they didn't have all of their best pitchers going, but the Padres, they had Musgrove, Darvish, and Snell, and those guys combined to allow like one, two runs in, what was that, 17 innings that they worked in this series. So that set up the Padres really well, and the offense did pretty well in this series. So, yeah, whatever Peter and AJ were thinking going in, thinking that they were going to keep this current group together, believing in this group, that belief only intensified here after the series sweep. So the players in the clubhouse, Joe Musgrove, you know, saying that he thinks that the Padres would be kicking themselves if Hayter and Snell were gone and they were one game out. Well, Hayter and Snell don't look like, doesn't look like they're going to be gone. So you're only going to be kicking yourself. If you're one game out, you finish one game out, you're going to be kicking yourself. There's no, there's, you're going to be, have to be looking at yourself in that clubhouse because the Padres, they're going to keep the big guys that were that are free agents at the end of the year, and now it's up to the players. All right, I see Carter here in the screen. What's up, man? What's up? I'm back. How about this serious sweep, huh? Dude, I was so hyped. I was so excited, dude. That was such a well-deserved sweep, and we definitely needed that for sure. So do you think this team should stand pat, or do you think this team should go get pieces? Honestly, I think we should just stay pat. Um, I don't know how you feel about this, but um, I think we're fine with the players we have now. I don't know if you agree on that or not. What, what do you think about that? I think that this Padres team, it, it's a talented team. But there are flaws in this roster. The depth is not very strong. And so if this Padres team, if they're going to stand pat, as I said on my post-game reaction, I think that they should just go get pieces then. Because standing pat, I don't think this this team is a World Series team that they just stand pat. I yep. think that they could upgrade the bullpen. Uh, I think getting another starter would not hurt. Um, I think getting a bat definitely is needed because – do they want to have Luis Camposano and Gary Sanchez be in the lineup every single day? I don't know. I think that they want a left-handed bat, or at least they should go get a left-handed bat uh, in for certain situations later on this season because Matt Carpenter is not cutting it. And Bob Melvin can say in his post-game press conference today that, yeah, got to get Matt Carpenter at bats at some point here. It's like, no, you don't have to get him at bats. You can just DFA him. Um, and you know, or yeah, sucks. whatever, like release him, eat the money and bring someone else in that is a better hitter. Now, do I have names out there? No, I haven't done a whole lot of research on lefty bat names that could be available. I think a lot of those names are probably on contending teams. The name that stands out to me is Dylan Carlson, uh, who Ooh. has three years of control. Uh, and the Cardinals, obviously they're going nowhere this year. They have Jordan Walker, uh, in the outfield that obviously isn't going anywhere there. They have Tyler O'Neill, um, but Tyler O'Neill is a righty. And I believe Dylan Carlson is a lefty. Let me look at that real quick. No, he's a righty. Okay. Um, well, oh no, he's a switch hitter. My bad. So he's a righty and lefty. So that could work. 
he's not living up to his potential or his, his expectations. But I think that's someone that the Padres won't have to give up a ton for. Um, I don't think that's someone that you have to give up Jackson Merrill for. And I think that's a better option. I know it's a low bar, but I think it's a better option than Matt Carpenter. Anything else, Carter? Um, I was going to ask you, um, I think Carlson would be great. Um, how do you think, like you said, Merrill, but if we do make that trade, if we do, um, if Preller wants to, but if we do make that trade, who do you think we would like give the Cardinals back? Like, do you think we could give them like Carpenter or I, I don't know. I'm not really smart when it comes to baseball trades, but yeah, I don't, I don't Carpenter. If anyone takes him, the Padres probably have to attach one of their better guys to that. So I'm not so sure the Padres want to do that. I think the Padres probably would rather just eat Carpenter's contract and admit the failure there and not have to give up top talent because at some point, like I've said previously, at some point this Padres team has to have these lower salary guys come up. They have to have these prospects come up and help this team at some point or else you're just going to continue to have a high payroll and you're going to have a full roster of old guys, you know, four or five years down the road instead of having, you know, five or six old guys on the roster, you know, through their age 40 season or whatever, like the development has to happen. So yeah, I I think giving up some mid tier prospects is what the Padres would probably want to do. And Carpenter, I don't see any team, wanting to take on that deal unless they get one of the top guys. And I just don't see the Padres being willing to do that. I feel like, I feel like every time I watch Carpenter, Ben, he's like the twin. He's like another Austin Nola. Like it's a guaranteed out every time from the left-handed side, no power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just not doing anything. When we signed him, I was like, Oh, he's going to be so good this year. Cause you know how good he was with the Yankees. And everyone was like, Oh, he's going to be so good. I thought he was going to be so good, but then he's just, he's so bad. He's like Noah's older brother almost. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining, man. I appreciate you, Carter. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, of course. Have a good one. All right. I see Matt. He's in here as well. Matt, do you think this team's going to be over 500 at some point? Going to owe me 50 bucks or what? Uh, Yeah, actually I do. Okay. See, this one series has switched everything. No, 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 no. That's what I'm calling. I called the other day, but my connection was bad. Before the Pirates series, I said they were going to sweep the Pirates on one of your, I think, preview in the series, and I wrote a long thing, and they lost the first game, and you just clapped back at me, no sweep. But my basis was not them. It was that in the time that they were playing so terribly, I watched literally every other team and realize that every other team is garbage except the Braves. This roster is as good as any other roster in baseball except the Braves. I don't care about the Dodgers because so many of them, so many injuries. In this series with the Rangers, I'm not back because of that because it's just lined up the same way the one with the Angels did. Seager got hurt, I don't know, what, 10 days ago, and then it started to line up. Eovaldi missed his start. Jonah Heim, he's not there. Jonah Heim's not there, exactly. It all lined up for the Rangers to be weakened, just like the Angels were weak when Trout got hurt and Rendon got hurt. Same thing. But 
now that it's whatever, it's snowballing, everyone around them, I mean, the other rosters are absolute garbage. There's no one in the AL. That's, I mean, the Orioles have the best record in the AL, and they literally don't have – I mean, they don't have a one, two, three, or four starting pitcher, and they're not going to trade for anybody because they're too cheap. So it's just the Braves. And now they may or may not be able to get by the Braves. I don't know. But, like, whereas before, you look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers now next – I know you don't look can't put, look past the Rockies the way they – I thought they'd sweep the Pirates because the – I mean, I don't even know how you could lose to the Pirates. They're so bad. And if the – they would have dealt Santana before the series instead of after. Maybe they would have swept him. But my point is, Colorado just dealt a few more guys. So now they're even weaker. So all these other teams, not only do they already suck, but they're going to be getting weaker and weaker now. And they hunt, the, the, the Padres hung on around long enough. I thought that they were when they got to be, I think at one point they were eight under, not eight back, but eight under. And yeah. I thought they, that's when they were going to collapse even though we had bet way earlier than that. But once they just kept hanging around, hanging around, everybody else is so terrible that now what I I'm, I'm confused as to why you, I want to go the Royals route. Now the Royals of like 2015, I want to see Lugo Lugo's you only got so many innings in that arm. I mean, you know, he's got even less than Waka. I want to see him go back to the, go trade for a starter, move Lugo to the pen. And then, I don't know if you get Martinez back on track as maybe an opener, maybe like, you know, the Philly series last year where he, after Clevenger mm. fucked up, they screwed up. Sorry. They screwed up. They brought him Martinez and he opened for three after Clevenger gave back the lead. Maybe go to Martinez again, but if you pick up another starter, move a little to the pen. I mean, you, you're, you're looking back at like now Suarez is, is really back. And then Wilson and Cosgrove's good against Levy's. Just no Hill, no Garcia, and then all you need is five and dive. And you could easily – now you have to bridge the gap. You don't have to you can bridge it. You could even have four and dive like the Royals did in the playoffs. You don't even need – I mean, you don't even need but two good starters in the playoffs because uh, Lugo can go multiple innings, Suarez and Hayter and Wilson. That's five innings right there. You only need four innings out of a starter if you can get to the playoffs. So once you get in – and I know everybody says once you get in, everything that you – but if you get in with that bullpen then, with Suarez, Lugo, if they would move him back there, and Hayter and Wilson and Costco for the lefties, then you have something. I still thought the starting pitching would regress. It hasn't. So, hell, we're at 106 now, I think, 106 games in. So, bye-bye-bye, baby. Take it all. Just go. I'm, I'm full Preller now all the way. Wanna, <laughs> oh, wow. I, I, okay. I, Send it all. So I don't. I don't give a shit about. Pro- I'll be dead before I ever see Jackson. Mir- I want to see it. That the Angels are going. Hard. I think they just go, went after and got. They're just emptying everything, and they're in worse shape than the Padres. All these other teams have made first mover advantage. That's all right. There'll be somebody you can find. They don't need much. Just they. I would say they do need one starters, which in this environment. But I mean, you know, Giolito and whatever, and Jordan. I think Jordan Montgomery just got dealt. Yep, there'll be somebody they can get somebody. But no, I'm. I do believe that they will, despite themselves, get back over 500. And I actually now believe that they could be a team of destiny. All right, I, I, yeah. I actually believe that now. I mean, I hope so because, like, 
my thoughts, obviously, these last couple weeks were sell. I, I don't believe in the team, and I still am erring on that side. Like I don't, I don't think this team's going to go win at all. Um, but now that I am almost a hundred percent sure that they're not going to sell, and they're either going to stand pat or they're going to bring in some pieces. I, I'm obviously just hoping for the best and turning in a, into a, a total 2023 full Padres fan, like wanting them to win. Like I obviously during games, I want them to win, but these last few weeks, it's been like, I know I haven't, I haven't felt like a real Padres fan wanting the team to win. I felt I've been feeling like a Padres. You were trying, you wanted to set up for, for next year. I know. Exactly. I got you. I listened to all your stuff. I got yeah. you. I understood every, I knew where you're coming from. So but you know, you know now they're not selling. Doesn't matter what you want. Exactly. You so know. like I'm all in on this season and wanting to win. So yeah. Um, so there's no reason to stand pat. Then you might as well go. That's for what I'm it. saying. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like for those, it's like standing pat. What does that do? Like Nothing. this team needs exactly. Yes. This team needs something. I think a left-handed bat. They need some type of pitcher, whether that's in the bullpen or adding a starter, like you said. Uh, it's not like this is a team that is perfect and they've underperformed all year. It's a talented team that's underperformed, but they also need some additional I, help. So I, AJ, go out you, there and get some a, additional a, help. A bat would, is an e. I mean, a bat will cost you nothing. A DH bat or whatever lefty or that that won't cost anything. That should. I don't have any names off the top of my head either on that one, but that should be an easy get. Just I'll I'll wrap it up too quick. So I know you got the whole show. Um, do you think that besides the Braves, have you seen anyone that you think has a better roster? Oh, no, no, besides no. Besides the Braves. Definitely not. Yeah, the Braves are definitely that team that They're sticks stupid. out. They're stupid good. Yeah. And in the National League, I mean, what are the other teams? The Dodgers, no, no, they, don't even, the they don't even like scare me. The no, pitching the doesn't Dodgers scare me. for next weekend is setting up. I mean, uh, I don't know if you, you were at the game, but you probably didn't see uh, Will Smith and J.D. Martinez both left the game today. Mookie's already dealing with something. You know, Bueller and May are already out. Kershaw isn't going to I mean, they're dealing with serious injuries. And I, don't, I know the Dodgers, they always, they always have somebody. When Jason Hayward's in your starting lineup, I don't give a damn. They don't have that much depth. You can't overcome all of those injuries. I don't, I'm not even putting it out of the realm to catch the Dodgers now because of their injury uh, situation. But last thing I want to say is, do you remember that 2015 Royals team? Or were you too young? No, I remember it. Yeah. You remember they had Hoshaver, Herrera, Davis, and Greg Holland as the yeah. closer. And Hoshaver would go yeah. two, and Herrera would go two, and Davis would go one as the lefty, and Holland would go one. And they yeah. literally would throw against the Orioles. They threw guys would go four and dive, and they won every game. On four and dive, bullpen was untouchable. I would love to see it with Lugo, Suarez, Hader, Wilson, and Cosgrove as the lefty. God, yeah. I'd love to see it. I so love, anyway, I'm I all in, brother. I'm all yep. in. That's what we have to be right now. Thanks so much for the time, Matt. Yeah, we're all in right now. I mean, that's what you have to be. If you're someone like myself that wanted this team to sell, well, it's just not going to happen. It's not happening. And standing pat. I don't think that's the best thing for this Padres team. Like they're a talented team. They're not a perfect talented team that is underwhelmed this season. They're a talented team that is underwhelmed and they, I think they need some additional pieces. So we got to accept it. 
They're not selling. So be all in. It's time that you can be a fan now. Like I definitely admit that I caught myself these last couple weeks, these last few weeks into being like a Padres GM fan instead of being a Padres fan wanting them to win right now because I just didn't see it with this team. And do I see it with this team like World Series? I don't right now still. Like three wins in a row does not change my mind. But I do realize that this is what's happening. The Padres, they're keeping Snell. They're keeping Hater. So it's it's just being a Padres fan now. And I think that will be much more fun for myself. Uh, but look, I'm just giving you guys my thoughts, my full opinions. I'm not here making up stuff and not giving you my opinion. And this is how I felt these last few weeks. And now I've switched that mindset into let's go. Let's go win this whole thing uh, because that's what we can do right now because they're not going to be punting for next year. That's just not the way it's going to be. All right. I'm sure that there are a ton of people in the chat here. Thanks so much for being here. Again, this is Talking for Hours episode 435. Brought to you by SeatGeek, Underdog Fantasy, Breaking Tea, and Gaglione Bros. Tell you more about Gaglione Bros and Underdog Fantasy in a little bit. You can use that code TALKINGFRIARS for $20 off your SeatGeek order, your first SeatGeek order there. And then uh, click that Breaking Tea link in the description for some great San Diego sports swag. Padres, Aztecs, Wave. We'll get to the Wave here at the end of this show. We'll get to the Loyal as well, what happened over the weekend. Uh, but yeah, just here talking about this Padres Rangers series. If you want to join the show like Carter and Matt have already today, you can click that link that is pinned up at the top of the chat. This isn't just me talking at you. This is me talking with you. And I want I want you guys to feel valued in this Padres community. So if you want to click that link and be on the show, feel free to do so. And I will be going through the comments here uh, after going through these three games in this Padres Rangers series. And if you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question, because there's going to be a ton in there. Click that uh, super chat button. Please consider doing that. It supports the channel and it makes it very easy for me to bring up your comment or your question to kind of steer the show in that direction. All right, let's start with today's game. Work our way back Sunday, Saturday, Friday. Today, Padres win five to three. Blake Snell, five innings of work from him. This was not his best performance. This was not like lights out Blake Snell, but it kind of reminded me of the Toronto Blue Jays outing where the walks weren't great. Right. He walked four guys. I thought it sitting there in the hot sun today. It felt like he walked like eight guys, but it was five. Um, he or four, excuse me. He found a way to get out of it. Five innings, no earned runs. He allowed a run and it should be an earned run. Like, I think that's weird that it counts as an unearned run when Blake Snow is the one that made the error. He's the one that made the throwing error to have a run score. I understand if Manny made a throwing error or Crony made a fielding error and a run scores, it's an unearned run. But when the pitcher himself is the one that makes the error, that's the reason why the run scored. I think that should be an earned run on Snell. Even if it was, he still pitched fine. He still did his job and he has been tremendous for the last 13 outings. I saw this from, I think, Codify is the account name on social media, social media today. Excuse me, sorry. 108 strikeouts for Blake in his last 13 starts. In those last 13 starts, he's allowed six earned runs. I'll repeat that. Last 13 starts, 108 strikeouts 
six earned runs. He and Jacob DeGrom are the only pitchers to do that in like a 100-plus year span, I think. Okay, here it is from Codify. Blake Snell, last 13 starts, 108 strikeouts, six earned runs. Jacob DeGrom in 2021 is the only other Major League Baseball pitcher since they started officially tracking earned runs 110 years ago to have a 13-game run allowing so few earned runs. They worded this weird. Hang on. So it's pretty much the first. It's He and DeGrom are the only guys uh, in 110 years to go 13 games allowing this many earned runs, this few earned runs, and striking out at least 100 batters while doing that. So hopefully that makes sense. Translation, he is pitching really, really well right now. He's pitching at like a historic level. He is the National League Cy Young Award right now. He's the Cy Young Award winner. If the season ended today, there's a lot of season to go still. Um, There's plenty of starts for him to continue pitching like this, or there's starts for him to falter and cost Padres games, be inconsistent, and not win the Cy Young Award, you know, Uh, and maybe lessen his free agent value. But I know he is very happy right now with the way he's pitching. And Scott Boris, who was at the game today, he was smiling or has to be smiling right now because Blake will be getting paid a lot of money by someone. Don't know if the Padres are going to want to do that with the contracts they already have locked up. And they're going to want to try to go after Otani, obviously. Um, But he's going to get paid by someone. And as a Padres fan, again, as like an actual real Padres fan now, or you know, back to being that instead of being the GM Padres fan, if that makes sense. Uh, watching Blake Snell start games, it, it is so fun to know that Blake is pitching later today, you know, in the morning, uh, earlier this morning, you know, Snell's on the mound. It's like, all right, you know, it, it, it's, it's a different feeling than in the first half of most seasons where it's like, oh, Blake Snell's on the mound today. No, it's like Snellzilla's on the mound today. The Padres are going to win this game today. You know, that like that's the feeling that I think a lot of Padres fans have now have right now with the way that this guy's pitching. Um, Hassan Kim, obviously, this was, I think, the big storyline of this game coming out of this game was Hassan Kim's health early in the game. Padres score a run. It was a sack fly from, I think, Bogey. Kim comes in. He dives, ends up hurting his shoulder on the slide. Uh, the catcher, I think his knee like collided with. Kim in the shoulder or the, the arm and that hurt his shoulder. He has a jammed right shoulder. According to Bomel. he's day to day, not expected to play tomorrow in Colorado in the series opener against the Rockies, which is totally understandable. Uh, I, I said on my post game reaction, I was like, there's no way that this guy plays tomorrow. And I'd be surprised if he ends up looking like the old Ha Sung Kim uh, in this Rocky series when he returns. I mean, that looked really bad. And so obviously hoping it's not a dislocation or a shoulder subluxation. We've obviously Padres fans, we've had uh, plenty of history um, with one certain guy in shoulder subluxations. So no more of those. We don't need any more of that. Um, Hassan Kim, I mean, he's been tremendous this season for the Padres. He's been Arguably their most valuable player. I mean, you could say Tatis and you can bring up Soto on the offensive side of things. But, I mean, the guy has a 129 OPS plus, an 816 OPS, hitting out of the leadoff spot. His war is over five. 
almost 15 home runs. So there's some power there. He's getting on base. He's setting the table for these guys and he plays tremendous defense. So losing him would be a huge loss because he brings it on both sides. He always hustles. So yeah, I love Ha Sung Kim. And part of it is because who's going to go play first base if you have some, if you need someone playing second, you're going to have crony go play second, or you're going to have Batten play second every day. And you're going to have crony play first. That's what you're going to do. That's why I think adding another, adding a bat would help. Not, not just because let's say Hassan Kim's hurt and has to miss time, but even with Kim getting a left-handed bat, I'm sorry, that's, that's important. If this Padres team wants to improve their chances at making the postseason and then making a run, because Matt Carpenter isn't going to do it. It's just not, he's, he does not cut it just plain and simple. Um, so that's a storyline definitely to watch here. Maybe an additional uh, thing that is put on AJ Preller's to-do list here before Tuesday's trade deadline. And, you know, Matt hit on it a little bit earlier when he joined the show about this bullpen and he compared, you know, I don't want to say compared, but he talked about the 2015 Royals bullpen and how guys can go multiple innings and, the starter, they went five innings. I mean, the bullpen was locked down. And the Padres could end up getting to that point. We'll see if they add a starter. Maybe Lugo goes to the pen. Um, even if he doesn't and they add another starter just for depth or whatever, the bullpen right now, let's say a Padres starter goes six. I love where the bullpen's at right now. I know Hater kind of struggled in that ninth inning there made the inning much longer than it needed to. There was the bases loaded, I believe. But you have Steven Wilson, Robert Suarez, and Josh Hader as the 7-8-9 combo there in the bullpen. Sign me up. And then you have Tom Cosgrove as a lefty if you want to have him come in for matchups. Um, I don't know what's up with Tim Hill. I forget when the last time that they used him. Um, but he can be effective when he's on against certain guys. Uh, obviously with the arm angle. So, you know, Wilson, 2.45 ERA. Robert Suarez, a 180 ERA. Hater, a .90 ERA. It's lockdown. And the rotation, I mean, this series, Snell, no earned runs technically. Musgrove and Darvis, six inning shutouts in the first two games of this series. I mean, you have that, and then you have this bullpen, that's putting less pressure on the offense. And if the offense starts turning that corner consistently, then – the run is going to happen for this Padres team and they will be fighting for that postseason spot. And Joe Musgrove will be correct about kicking that door and, you know, being right there one game out, couple games out, the Padres will be one game or a couple games out if they continue to play like this. But again, the question is, can they continue to play like this? Because that was only three games and Matt was kind of, I mean, that was a good point about this Texas Rangers team. Jonah Heim was out. Corey Seager's not there. They didn't face all of the best Rangers pitchers. And it was like the Angels series. Trout, Rendon, they went down. Otani was dealing with the blister, I believe. He went 0 for 10 in that series. So, you know, the sweeps, are they a little bit misguided? Or I don't want to say misguided. Misleading for Padres fans? Is it a little misleading for A.J. Preller? Thinking that this team is better than it actually is because of maybe some things that lacked on the opponent's side in this sweep. But again, as a Padres fan, that's like all in now because I just real, I've, I've come to the realization what this Padres team is 
going or not going to do. We don't know what they're going to do, but what they're not going to do, I feel like we have a pretty good idea of what they're not going to do now. You know, I'm, I'm all in obviously, and I'm just happy that this sweep happened. And for the players that didn't want Hater, didn't want Snow to leave, this was the perfectly timed sweep. Because if they were going to sweep this series, they knew it was going to happen. Seidler was not going to allow a sale, to, a fire sale or anything like that for 2023 at least. He wasn't going to allow that to happen. Preller probably wasn't going to even ask Seidler to have that happen if a sweep happened. Series win, then the Padres would be, what, three games three games over five, or three games under, excuse me, instead of two games. It's a little bit of a difference. I think Padres probably would have at least stood pat with the series win. Um, look, bottom line, they did their job. The players, what they, you know, they wanted those guys to stay, and it was in their control. And now if they're going to make the postseason, it's sort of in their control. You look at the standings right now, there's still plenty of teams the Padres have to get over and they're going to have to play better than, you know, there's teams that have the advantage like Cincinnati, San Francisco, Miami, Milwaukee. If they just play okay, then they're going to have the advantage, obviously, over the Padres. The Padres, they're still five games back. There's the Cubs, there's the D-backs, and there's the Phillies who are not in in that third wildcard spot that are ahead of the Padres in the wildcard standings who have a little bit of an advantage over the Padres just based on where they stand right now. So the Padres, they're going to have to play really good baseball. This is what this was an encouraging three-game sweep, but the work is far from done. Far from done. And they're going to have to play better than the Cubs. They're going to have to play better than the D-backs down the stretch. They're going to have to play better than the Phillies down the stretch. And they're going to have to play better than either Miami, Milwaukee, or San Francisco down the stretch if they want to be a postseason team. Maybe Cincinnati if Milwaukee ends up passing Cincinnati and you know is a leader in that division. The division race, I mean, I'm not even going to talk about it because Eight games is a bunch. That just feels like, yeah, that's just too far out of reach. And so the attention should be on the wild card. And right now, I still am erring on the side of, I don't think this team is going to go all the way. But I want to believe in this team now, again, because I know what the Padres aren't going to do before this Tuesday trade deadline, right? On Saturday, the Padres, they win four to nothing. This was a really good win. I mean, they got on it early, right? They took advantage of Martin Perez not being very sharp, maybe the umpire not being very generous to Martin Perez either. And uh, Darvish, he got that lead, and he was not going to give that lead up. He ends up going six innings, doesn't give up any runs, three hits, two walks, nine punch outs, and 92 pitches. Back-to-back, six-inning shutouts from him and Musgrove. Musgrove, obviously, on Friday night, and Darvish on Saturday. Hater was using a four-run game, so there, there, there's definitely urgency from the Padres, just like there's been urgency ever since Hater pitched three days in a row. You know, that definitely showed that there was urgency, and they needed to win. So, you know, Manny made that desperate comment, right? We're not desperate to Kevin AC, and that, I mean, I posted that clip that uh, from Marty Caswell's YouTube videos, which she does a great job of capturing those uh, inside-the-clubhouse moments after games. And that clip got a lot of traction on social media. And a lot of people were happy that Manny dunked on AC or people don't like Kevin AC. And so they like to see Manny go back at him. But to me, when I, 
I know it didn't really touch a whole lot on Saturday's game there. It was a really good win. They kept the, the foot on the pedal, if you will, right? Good win. But Friday, you know, those comments were really interesting. For me, yeah, Manny can say, we're not desperate. No, it's all right. Take it one day at a time. But come on, look at the actions, right? Actions speak louder than words. Actions, your actions have shown that the Padres are desperate. I mean, look at what your ball club has been doing. You know, using Josh Hader in a four-run game the next night after you saying those comments. Matt Carpenter not getting any at-bats, having your two catchers play every day, and bringing up Brett Sullivan from El Paso just to be the bench catcher just in case the starting catcher gets hurt so you can keep that other catcher as the DH every day. You know, like, that sounds desperate to me. Uh, they just pitched Robert Suarez on back-to-back days after he almost threw 30 pitches, I think, yesterday. That seems a little desperate to me. Like, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, it's a bad thing to be in this spot. You you don't want the Padres to have gotten themselves in this spot. But it's not bad to say that, yeah, we're desperate. Or maybe you say we're not desperate, we just need urgency. And I guess that's where Manny was kind of getting at there. Like, it's simple. We need to win games. But isn't at the same time that is desperate? Like, we really need to win games. And Kevin was just saying another word for that. And I don't think he was totally off base with what he said. Like, he pretty much posed the question, you know, with a statement saying, you know, we're you're, you're pretty much at a desperate time right now for, for wins. I think is that that's pretty much what he was saying. And Manny fired back, like, no, we're not desperate, desperate. What's desperate? We're not desperate. And it's like, I mean, okay, you can say that, but look at the standings. Look at how much time's left in the season. You played over 100 games already. Look at the actions that your manager is doing during games. I mean, sounds a little desperate to me. Sounds, if not desperate, it's definitely urgent. And again, having urgency, I want them to have urgency. And that's been part of the problem this season with this Padres team is at the beginning of the year, they weren't desperate. And so now they can act desperate, which I think is what they're doing. They can act with urgency. That didn't happen early in the year. And I think that's part of the reason why they find themselves in this spot. It's because they weren't playing with urgency. They were like, ah, things will turn around, kind of like how I was saying, how a lot of fans were saying because of the track records. Things will turn around. It's all right. Not playing with enough urgency while other teams were up there and they were like, no, it's the Padres world series expectations. We're coming into town and you are beating you. They played with urgency. The Padres just took it. And it's like, it'll turn around at some point. It's all right. It's early. So that's, that's the issue or that's been an issue for this Padres team. I, that That's, that's where my head was at after Manny made those comments about not being desperate. That's the problem. Or at least that was the problem early in the year, you know? Uh, but Friday, Padres win 7-1 again after winning, or that was before winning 4-0 on Saturday. On Friday, Tatis with his 18th home run of the season, an oppo laser. It was hit, I think, 103 miles per hour. Soto, the MRI seems it. There was no news on the MRI before uh, Friday's game, so he was in the lineup and playing through it with the finger, and the MRI ended up being okay. Um, and he ended up being two for three that night with an RBI uh, single, I believe. Uh, Manny, what a freaking play he made in that game. I mean, and I don't want to just say what a play by Manny, 
because let's be honest here, what a play by Manny and Crony. I know a lot of people think that I'm too big of a fan of Crony, but it's like, you you got to say that was a good play by Crony. Don't just say it was a good play by Manny. It was a great play on both sides. Manny, ball, 5-5 five, five hole, dives. It was like a pick that he had to do it while diving. He gets it. He's on his butt and spins and throws. Reminds you of Caminetti. Caminetti was obviously down the line, and maybe that play was better because it was literally on the line and looked like a farther throw. But both sides, it was a tremendous play. The spin on his butt throws Crony. He's not a he doesn't have the left hand glove like someone like Haas, where you could just extend. He had to cross over and then extend, and you get the runner by like a foot. I mean, that was a tremendous play by Manny. Was that the best play that he's made in a Padre uniform? It's up there. I mean, there were there were multiple parts to that play. So there was him making the diving play, then being on his butt and throwing it over to first, getting it over there in time, where the Colorado play earlier this year, he was running backwards and maybe didn't get the best view of it. And he dropped it at first and then had to juggle it as he was going down and ends up, I think, I think it was a bare hand catch. And then he immediately fires it in. So the, the runner doesn't tag and score, which I think that was going to be the game time run at that point in Colorado. So I don't know which one's the better play. I just know that we're really, really fortunate. We're really, really blessed to have Manny Machado be our third baseman. That's what I'll say about that. Uh, but yeah, what what a play there from Manny. And then Musgrove, six innings of work from him. No runs allowed, four hits, two walks, five punch outs on 105 pitches. And going into the night, I thought there's no freaking way that Joe is going to lose this game or have a bad outing when Jake Peavy just got inducted into the Padres Hall of Fame on the field earlier in the night, him and John Morris. But PV was obviously, you know, Musgrove looked up to him uh, very much, you know, while Musgrove was growing up and he wears 44 because of Jake. So it was a cool moment before the game. And PV, I mean, was he talking to Peter Seidler a lot? I don't know. He has the same optimism about this team and wants to stay positive just like Peter does. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it worked out. I mean, that was before the Padres won the first game, and then they won the next two games of the series. Um, but I like Jake's optimism. But yeah, it was a cool night, you know, seeing John Moores and uh, Jake there. I, obviously, I'm one of those where I know that I watch Jake PB pitch, but I don't remember watching him dominate because of how young I was. So for those that are older, um, I think you were definitely fortunate to be able to watch Jake PV or to be able to remember watching him dominate, you know, because there's some, because what 2007, right? He wins the Cy Young. I was four years old then. So I don't, I don't remember that obviously, but I'm pretty sure my parents had me watching in the front room. And I know like Khalil Green, for example, my favorite Padre growing up. I know that I would, you know, those small wooden bats that they would give out at Padre games. I don't think they do that anymore. Not the full size bats, like in the 1900s or whatever that I hear of, but the, the small bat, the small wooden bat on like Sundays, I think that they would give out. 
I remember um, being in the front room with that small bat and acting like I was up at the plate, like Khalil Green. Like I remember that stuff. But Jake Peavy, I I don't remember. Um, but I love watching the highlights, obviously. And Joe is someone that definitely probably reminds some older Padres fans, or the, older than me at least, of Jake Peavy. You know, the way that he competes, team player, really wants to win, really cares about San Diego, and he is a competitor out there on that mound. Uh, he is someone that's going to take the ball. He might not be feeling that great, but he is not going to be happy if he can't get a quality start for his team, right? So cool moment there. And, you know, Musgrove, obviously, I felt pretty confident going in. He wasn't going to lose that night, and he pitched really well. Six innings, no runs. He has a 3.05 ERA in his first 78 starts with the Padres. That is second in team history behind Bruce Hurst, who I believe had a sub-3 ERA in his first 78 starts with the Padres. So. It's a pretty darn good start to Joe Musgrove's Padres career. Um, good win on Friday. Good way to start off the weekend. Obviously, after Friday's win, I was like, are they going to be able to do it again on Saturday? Like, that's a big question. And they were able to do it. Were they going to be able to do it on Sunday? They did it. So I'm proud of them. You know, it's 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 a good serious sweep, obviously. And it, this isn't the Kansas City Royals. I mean, they couldn't beat the Royals. They lost a series to them. It's not the Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, still couldn't beat them, went one and five. That's the weird thing about this team. You know, that they can beat the Rangers. They can, I think, win the series, season series against the Atlanta Braves. But then they go one and five against the Pittsburgh Pirates in a season series. It's like, come on. You know, that's why part of this, it's just maddening, this team, you know. All right, I see a super chat here from Michael. The Dodgers have a double-A pitcher and a triple-A. And in first, we shouldn't doubt their depth like the guy was saying. What are you saying here? Dodgers have a double-A pitcher and a triple-A. Do you mean like they're, they have a triple-A and double-A pitcher pitching for them right now and they're in first place? If that's what you mean. Like, I know, yeah, the Dodgers, they have good depth and I think they're going to win the division. I. I'm just not scared of the Dodgers pitching with the offense we have. And I don't think the offense is going to have to score seven runs a game with the pitching that the Padres have, at least recently that the Padres have had. So the Dodgers don't scare me. Like if there's any team that scares me, it's probably the Braves. And But, but the Braves, the Padres beat the Braves in the season series. And in the postseason, who the heck knows what's going to happen, right? It's about getting in. And if you're playing good baseball going in, which the Padres will have to be doing because they're going to have to play like 600 baseball the rest of the season to go, you know, make the postseason. If you're playing good, then you can be like the Padres last year. Be like the Phillies, I should say. Just barely get in and you end up in the World Series. All right. So that's going to be the good thing. If this team goes on a heck of a run here, that run probably won't end in the wild card series. So just obviously hoping now, knowing what they're not going to do at the deadline, just hoping for that run, hoping for that to happen. All right, quick break, and then I will get to the chat. Check out Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheese steaks and fries at Petco Park 
and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right. So, by the way, Gaglione Bros, I got to shout them out. Best cheesesteaks in San Diego. Um, whenever I have one, it, it just puts you in a better mood, you know. So, I definitely recommend you to check that out. Uh, I'm just checking social media here because it's obviously trade deadline watch. So just seeing if there's any moves that have happened, any rumors. Um, oh, CJ Crone and Randall Gridgick going to the Los Angeles Angels. So Padre is going to be able to face, they, they get the uh, blessing of getting to face a less talented Colorado Rockies team. CJ Crone, Irie, I know you're in the chat all the time. That's someone that Irie wanted. So CJ Crone not happening for the Padres. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's a weaker Rockies team. And that's what you want if you're a Padres fan. That is the, so yeah, the Angels, I mean. They acquire Lucas Giolito. They acquire Ronaldo Lopez. They acquire Randall Gridgick, CJ Crone. They're like, yeah, if this is Otani's last year, we can't say that we didn't try it, right? We're going to go. We're going for this. And CJ Crone usually kills the Padres. So I'm sure Padres pitching is pretty happy about this, right? And will the Padres get that fourth win in a row tomorrow? Um, haven't been able to get that fourth win all season long. They swept the Angels, and then they weren't able to get four wins in a row. Swept the Rangers. Will they able? Will they be able to win tomorrow in Game One of that Rockies series? We shall see about that. Uh, tomorrow, Rockies Game One of that series. It is at five forty, and then deadline day. Deadline, I believe, is at three five forty. So almost a few hours later, there Rockies. That's going to be the second game of that series, and then twelve ten is the series finale. Then there's the off day on Thursday, and then there's that big four-game series. It's a weird four-game. There's the off day Thursday, so four games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then they go to Seattle for two, not three, but two, and then an off day before Arizona. But this is a stretch against some pretty good teams. After this Rocky series, you got Dodgers, Mariners, D-backs, Orioles, D-backs, Marlins, Brewers. That's a lot of teams that are trying to contend, right? Or they are contenders, or they're definitely on their last leg, right? Trying to battle to get to, to stay in that wild card spot or wild card positioning or wild card hunt. So that'll be an important stretch for this Padres team, obviously. They can't, they probably can't afford to go, you know, four and six, four and seven, four and eight, definitely on any stretch here. They got to win more games than they than they lose the rest of the way. There's there's a lot of pressure on this team for sure. All right, is there any more notes that I wanted to say before getting to the chat here? I don't think so. Other than again, like I've said a lot on this show already, we know what this Padres team is going to do. They're going to stand pat, or they're going to go. They're going to go add pieces and standing pat. I, I don't really know what that does. I don't know how that really benefits this Padres team, other than maybe giving some confidence to the Padres clubhouse, just saying like 
Padres stood pat. Preller stood pat because he believes in the guys in here. This is all we need, right? But again, I think this team could definitely use some pieces here. All right. A lot of comments in here. I'm like an hour behind on these comments because, again, I, I usually try to do it after I give my spiel on things. Um, just want to get that out of the way before handing it over to you guys. If you want to join the show to make sure I get to what you, you're saying, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. You want to make sure I get to your comment or your question. If you don't want to join the show, you can use that super chat button there. And it allows me to easily find your comment. All right. So I'm going to the top. Matt, who was on the show earlier, says bye, bye, bye. Jacob, if the Padres weren't buying before, they definitely are now. The question is, do they continue this after the deadline? Yeah, do they continue to play well after the deadline? Because so far, let me look up in the month of July. What is their record in the month of July? Hold on here. I'm looking up on baseball reference. July, they are 15 and 9. Don't if if they play that way the rest of the way, 15 out of what? 24 games that is that that would be that's 625 baseball. If they do that the rest of the way, they will be close to a wild card spot. I don't know if that's good enough to get them a wild card spot, but that will be close. Will they, but again, like Jacob asked, can they do that the rest of the way? Not just for a week here, but they have to do that the rest of the way. That's a tall ask. Devin says, Padres being Padres, lose against bad teams, but play good against good teams. It's so bipolar, just like the weather. Brent says, I see this team buying, then cratering and missing the playoffs anyways. CJ Crone and Randall Gritchick are angels now. Dang it. Really wanted to get Crone. Yeah, Crone. He is, I think, a righty bat, so he's not a lefty bat, but he does have that power, and he's someone that demolishes baseballs against the Padres, it feels like. But feels like those guys will just come to the Padres and then start to suck. So don't know if we should have actually wanted C.J. Crone, but I think we would have been kind of excited if C.J. Crone was, ended up you know, being a San Diego Padre. By the way, when the Padres swept today, I, I'm at an angle where I can see AJ Preller where he's sitting and he was just keeping score and didn't have a, maybe he had family in there. So maybe that's why, but it didn't have much of a reaction to the Padres winning today and getting that sweep. Um, and he, he's usually, it seems like at least publicly level-headed guy um, and seems like keeps thoughts to himself. So we'll see what he does. Steven says, all of what you say about Pete and cancer is beautiful, Ben, but he also is optimistic because the business model and the financials do matter to him. Okay, that's a fair point. So Steven's saying like, don't sell because if you do, maybe less fans would come to the ballpark. That's fair. But I think he's always been, he, he was optimistic. I remember listening to the radio when he'd been on, when he went on shows, when he first took over the club and they didn't have this much talent going on the radio and being like, yeah, we're going to smack the Dodgers today. And then they lose like 15, nothing on opening day. Right? Like he's always been, it feels like an optimistic guy, but part of that Steven could be correct. Like it is a business. Like I think, I think he's pretty aware of 
the business of the franchise that he owns. Um, but he is truly a fan. He's not someone that's like John Fisher that I don't think is really a, a huge fan of his team that he owns. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, Captain Zeno says, call up Tim Lopes to replace Hassan Kim while he's out. I don't know how long, I don't, I don't know if Hassan Kim is going to need to go on the 10 day IL. So we're going to have to wait on that. I don't think Kim's going to want to do it, obviously, based on the urgency this Padres team needs, the wins that this Padres team needs to have. And he's day to day. Now, day to day could turn into an IL, but for now, I don't think they're calling up Tim Lopes. It's it's going to be Matthew Batten. But then who's the outfield depth? <laughs> they, they just don't have it because they sent Colway down and they have Sullivan. Can Sullivan play the outfield? Would they put him at first? Or like I, don't, I have no idea what would happen there. Would they put Sanchez at first? Like what? They'd be forced to play Carpenter. If they put Crony at second, they have Carpenter at first. Like losing Kim, it's a big it's a big deal if they do have to lose him for some period of time, not just a game. Joseph says reunion with Josh Naylor. Yeah. Can we, can we get a refund on that deal, please? Just like, just cancel that deal. Just totally erase what happened there. Yeah. Cause the guardians won that. I mean, yeah, Naylor, I mean, look at the year that he's having. This guy, he was not named to the all-star team, but I think he had a case. Has a 136 OPS plus. He's hitting over 300. Now, his war 
is nowhere near us on Kim. Kim's over five. Naylor is 1.8. But he's hitting over 300, and he has the same amount of home runs, I think, as Kim. About the same. OPS at 8.55. Uh, Left-handed bat. Can play first. Can play outfield if they need him to. Can DH. He would be a fit for the Padres, for sure. But I don't know if the Guardians want to give him up because they still do have control over Josh Naylor. It's not like he's a free agent at the end of the year, I don't think. Devin says Ty France is available too. No, I, I don't think so. And the Mariners would not give Ty France back to the Padres. I don't think so. Uh, I see someone here. Wilson Contreras, maybe. Uh, no, thanks. I don't think it's smart for the Padres to go get Wilson Contreras' contract. It was like one week, wasn't it? Like one week into the season, and the Cardinals were like, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best contract to give out to Wilson Contreras. And they ended up benching him this year. I think he played better after the benching. But, yeah, I don't think the Padres need to have a big contract in the catching situation when they have Gary and Campy right now. I don't see that happening. I, I, I would not do that. Uh, I'm good on Wilson Contreras. Yeah, I'm seeing these comments about C.J. Crone and Randall Grigic. Sorry, I, I did not check my phone for like 30, 40 minutes there. Yankees, Phillies, Blue Jays, Marlins seeking right-handed hitters ahead of Tuesday's deadline. Do they want Austin Nola? He's in El Paso. Send him on over. Enrique asks, what's most likely to happen first? An extra innings win, a streak of five consecutive victories, or a grand slam? I would say probably an extra innings win. Yeah, I mean, I know it's the Rockies, but I don't see them winning both of the next two games. Like, let's have some baby steps first. Let's win, let's win four games in a row. Let's win tomorrow. Um, I'd go extra innings. The the we could have an extra inning game tomorrow, and they could go win that because they're playing better now. Um, it's course field. It's, it's wacky. Grand Slam. I that's definitely third on that. I would say it's either between extra innings win or a streak of five consecutive victories. Maybe you put five consecutive victories over extra innings, like the likelihood, because they've already won three in a row, and they're facing the Rockies without C.J. Crone and Randall Gertrick. Um, I'll go extra innings win though. David says you should wait until they're 500 at minimum before jumping on the wagon again. Again, like I said earlier, I don't think this team's still, you know, going to go all the way. Like they have to prove it still, but I have no choice but to be all in on this team. Right. And because of what happened this weekend, they're not going to sell. So, I, again, I still am on the side of I don't think this team is going to go all the way. But I like some things that I'm seeing. They just have to keep doing it. That's, that's how I stand on this. Joseph says, heard Boston listening on Alex Verdugo. They need a back-end starter. Send them Weathers and Wolf along with a mid-tier prospect for Verdugo. 
why would the Red Sox be very interested in Ryan Weathers? That's the, I mean, he's not a back-end starter for the Padres. The Red Sox would want him to be a back-end starter. I, I just don't see that. And I don't think they want to trade Verdugo for, for that. Jackson Wolf, is that who you're talking about, Joseph? I mean, Wolf, he was in double A. He made a spot start here. I don't know if that's enough for Alex Verdugo, to be honest. How long is... I know Verdugo, I think he's a lefty bat, right? Um, Verdugo contract, let's see. So he's a free agent after next year. So I, I think the Red Sox would be willing to part for him, but probably for a better package than that, Joseph. They probably want someone like Robbie Snelling, I would guess. Do the Padres want to give that up for... Verdugo. I don't know. It's a good question. I see Lane Thomas being being brought up here. Heimer Candelario. There's a lot of teams that are in on Heimer Candelario. Don't know if he's the best fit for the Padres. Isn't he mainly a third baseman? Uh, I think we have a pretty decent third baseman. I know he could DH, probably could play first. But I think he's a right-handed bat. And Lane Thomas, that that's that's a no for me. I haven't dug too deep into Lane Thomas, but that feels like Adam Frazier all over again. I mean, someone that's having a good year, but he's not known f for having a bunch of pop. Playing on a bad team. And maybe because he's on a bad team, he's standing out. Like, he's having a good year. 16 home runs, 123 OPS, plus... 807 OPS, 3.1 baseball reference war. Um, you look at the last seasons. I mean, his OPS this year is over 100 points higher than what it was last year. Like, who is this player, really? You know? I don't know. Lane Thomas, I'm not. He's a right-handed bat as well. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not fully in on Lane Thomas. Justin Turner, San Diego needs to trade for Justin Turner, David says. I don't think the Red Sox want to give him up. The Red Sox, they're they're in it still. They're two and a half games back. They're in it still. And Justin Turner is like the leader of that clubhouse, according to Alex Cora. So I, th I think he has one more year of control as well. I don't think the Red Sox want to give him up. But the Reds, I see someone says Red Sox are not selling. They have, I mean, Kike, they, they traded Kike. I'm not saying he's a superstar. They're willing to do both, I think, buy and sell. And Justin Turner, I don't think that they want to give him up. Yeah, Carter, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate you. Steven says the Padres are not even 500 yet. We also have to depend on the other teams in front of us winning and losing. That is not in the Padres' hand. They still need a high clip winning percentage. Yep, you said everything right there. Things are going to have to go to the Padres' way. It's not like they just can play okay baseball and they'll get in. That's not the way it's going to be. They dug themselves a hole. So they're going to have to play really good baseball. 
and they're going to have to have some things fall their way, which means like the other four teams ahead of them to not play very well. Uh, already got to Michael's super chat. Just making sure I got to that. Uh, looks like we have a Dodger fan in here. So should I mute him or should I block him? What do you guys think? I'll, I'll just put him in timeout. How's that? He says Padres are one in five or he or her. Don't know who it is. Padres one in five against their big bros in LA. Los Dodgers WS champs is what this guy's username is. This person's username. Padres one in five against their big bros in LA. Guess what? I don't care. We have the postseason win against you last year, okay? And you can have the division. Right now, all I care about is the Padres making the postseason. That's what matters. Can't can't change the past, Padres fans. Can't change it. Just day by day, go win that game. Move on to the next one. Win more than they lose. Hopefully some things fall their way and they can end up just getting into the postseason. David says, I think San Diego is making a mistake not selling. If they don't make the postseason, yeah, it's going to end up being a mistake. We're going to look back and say, yeah, that was probably not the best idea there. And again, I have the opinion still that I think the best thing is to take advantage of having Snell and Hater under contract for one more season here, this last season, and go and get something back for those guys. I'm not saying you punt for the next three years. But if you can get a good return back and it includes someone that can help you for 2024, you go do it because I don't think this team's going to go all the way. But I know that they're not going to sell, right? Almost guarantee they're not going to sell. So I'm just embracing that they're not going to and rooting hard for this team to go make some moves, add something, add some pieces here to, to make this team better. Because they're not going to make it worse. Or at least they're not going to try to by subtracting. Foot asked, do you think we can sign Snell back? I think we can, but it would probably have to be because he is like Joe Musgrove and really wants to be with the Padres. Because I'm not so sure the front office... You know how the front office, right? There was there's rumblings that the front office, I'm not talking Scyther, I'm talking like Preller, the front office, was okay with having Manny play out this season and then try to bring him back. I think that they could have that same opinion on Blake Snell. Like they can bring Blake Snell back, but I think they're willing to have him play out this season and they're not in a rush to go extend him. And if he wants to be back, they'll have him back but there's probably going to be a limit on what they're willing to give him. And another team I think will be willing to pass that limit. I, I don't know what that Padres number limit will be, but I think that could, you could be getting into a real risky business with Snell and Boris. If you're if you're going to get into like the seven year range and giving him $200 million, that's if he goes and wins the Cy Young this year, you know, giving him almost 30 million a year, 
that's something that I, I'm probably not going to be interested in. But if he has a really good year and helps the Padres go win the whole thing, I don't care if they bring him back. And if they do bring him back, it's almost like, well, he just helped us win a World Series. I mean, okay, like, he got the job done. I, I think he can be rewarded. All right, continuing to go through the chat here. Alex Rodriguez, not not the actual A-Rod, but this another A-Rod. <laughs> I don't want to lose any of our guys, even if not this year. I believe we will be a championship team next year or two. Uh, maybe make some changes, but not our big guys. Carp can go and Garcia. Well, yeah, obviously, you know, I would not miss Luis Garcia and Matt Carpenter, but who's going to want them? Are they just going to release them? Garcia's a free agent at the end of the year, so I guess you could just eat it. Um, but who's going to want those guys? Is there someone that's going to be willing to take on the Matt Carpenter contract to take that off of you for next year? Because he's going to opt into the player option, obviously, because he sucks. So he'll take the five-plus million dollars and... If he's not playing, he's not playing, but he'll still make it. It's guaranteed to him. So is the team going to be willing to take that on? And if they are, are the Padres willing to give them probably a top prospect? Because it's a burden to that team to take on the Matt Carpenter contract. Um, Steven's talking about the schedule, Ben, you told the schedule going forward, they're not going to win at the clip they need to, to catch up. Uh, yeah. I mean the rest of this month, right? It's pretty tough or, or not the rest of the month. Sorry. The, the month's about to end, but August after the Rocky series, you got the Dodgers, Mariners, D-backs, Orioles, D-backs, Marlins, and all of those teams are probably still at that point. And then you can count the Brewers too, they're going to be motivated to win those series. And then after the Brewers, you play the Cardinals, who are obviously out of it. And then in the month of September, I know we're getting our headers ahead of ourselves, but you got the Giants, who are obviously fighting for a playoff spot. They're in the play, they're in a playoff spot right now. Then you got the Phillies who are, who are fighting for something. You got the Astros and the Dodgers who are fighting for, for spots before you play the A's, the Rockies, the Cardinals. So that'll be, hopefully they can get a lot of wins there. But no, I think for the most part, the schedule's pretty tough the rest of the season. So they're going to have to play good baseball for sure. It's not like you're going to get the Pirates the rest of the year. And even then, you'd, you'd be losing those games. Because that's the Padres for you. Captain Zeno says, get Joey Manessis and Lane Thomas. Yeah, Lane Thomas, again, I'm not completely sold on him. And Joey Manessis, eh, he's a right-handed bat, right? I'm looking up his numbers right now. Barely above league average OPS plus, hitting 281, not much power this year, seven home runs. He's, he hasn't been very impactful for the Nats this year. And I think he's they have him under control, or they would have him years of control. 
but I think you want to, if you're going to bring in someone, I think you want it to be more impactful than Dewey Manessis, at least based on the year that he's having. Luis Robert Jr. Yeah, that's not happening. That's like the one guy that the White Sox aren't going to trade or aren't open to trading. Yeah. Can you imagine replacing Grish with Luis Robert Jr.? That would be... Whew, that would make me excited for sure. Yeah. But the White Sox, because of the division that they're in, the AL Central, they think that they can maybe make some free agent additions next year and still be able to go win that division. So they're not going to sell Luis Robert Jr. They're not going to sell Dylan Cease, even though he's probably going to leave after next season. But everyone else is on the table, obviously. They traded Giolito. They traded Ronaldo Lopez. They traded Lance Lynn to the Dodgers. I'm probably forgetting someone else. Tim Anderson might go. Although, I don't even think that his market's that big because he's just not a power bat, and he's... He's not having as good of a season as he was, you know, a couple years ago. It's not, it's just not that same guy right now. Um, Charlie says Snell, a Boris Corp client. Boris rarely takes any kind of discount. You're correct on that. But the player doesn't work for Scott. Scott works for the player. So if Snell tells Scott, hey, I want to be with the Padres, work it out. Sure, get the most money, but work it out then he's going to have to work out a deal with the Padres if the Padres are willing to have him back. I think we saw that. Who was it? Was it Strasburg with the Nats? Now, he got a lot of money, and obviously it sucks that the injuries happened with Stras. Um, but he wanted to stay with the Nats, and Boris made it happen. Like, Snell... He can still get money from the Padres. If the Padres are interested, Boris can still work his magic and be and act like Snell is open to other offers. And you'll have the Dodgers bid for him. You'll have the Giants maybe bid for him. You'll have the Mariners bid for him. You'll have other teams bid for him, the Mets probably. And then he can go back to the Padres and be like, Blake wants to be here. Here are the other op here are the other offers here. Can you give us a more respectable offer. And maybe that's how Snell gets his money from the Padres. I don't think Snell's coming back. I don't think Cater's coming back. But hopefully, if Snell continues to pitch this well and he pitches this well the rest of the year, if I'm wrong about Snell not coming back and he ends up coming back, I guess based on the contract as well, I guess I'd be glad that I was wrong. But right now, I, I don't think they're either are coming back. I would. I think we can all agree, Snell, there's a better chance of him coming back than Hader. They're not giving $100 million to Josh Hader. I, I just don't see that happening. Matt. <laughs> Matt says, don't let them kill the buzz. This team is going all the way. Yeah, it's crazy how we just flipped this switch. I think Matt and I we're kind of flipping that switch because like we have to, because we know Preller's not going to go sell. So now we're like, we're, you know, fully fans of the team. We're always fans of the team, but we viewed it from a different lens because we wanted these, we wanted the front office to do something different than what they're going to do. But I think we've come to the realization of what they're going to do. So it's just like, all right, let's just go win this dang thing. Then, you know, go buy, go, 
don't be stupid about it, but go by. Make this team better. If that's what you're going to do, then go do it. Don't just stand pat. No, 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 no. Joey Gallo, uh-uh. Nope. My family in Minnesota, they can keep Joey Gallo, okay? Keep the strikeouts and the home runs every once in a while. We don't need that. I mean, is that a better Matt Carpenter? I guess. Can play the outfield too. It's a. I guess I'd rather have him than Matt Carpenter because Carpenter has like no power anymore. But that's a lot of strikeouts in that bat. I, I prefer to have someone else other than Joey Gallo. But it's a low bar. Pretty much everyone else is an upgrade over Matt Carpenter. Steven says, the paying customers and fans that really support this team consistently brace yourself going forward. Yeah, you love Peter, but that's not going to stop his need to raise prices and costs for you fans. I don't know if they're going to keep raising the prices like year in, year out. I think they raised the prices this year because of the payroll. And they might keep the price. They'll probably keep the prices at the same thing for next year. But to continue to raise it, the payroll is not going to get bigger than what it is right now. I don't think so. Unless like inflation. But then the prices would go up. But I don't think Seidler is going to raise the payroll again next year. I mean, I guess the outlier is Otani maybe. But, yeah, I just don't see that happening. There's money coming off the books. And I think he's seen, like, look at where this Padres team is right now with this talent, with the high payroll. Let's spend maybe a little bit less. We're still going to try to go win, and we're still going to have one of the bigger payrolls, but maybe don't have a top three payroll. Maybe have a top ten payroll. I don't think Padres fans – I think he's he'll probably look at it as – Padre fans, they won't be that pissed off at me if I'm if it's a top 10 payroll instead of top three. And we can keep the prices at the same, don't have to inflate the prices. And maybe we'd have the same chance of winning if the talent that comes in is the right talent. That's, you know, that ends up making less money, right? All right. Sending a sports stuff on the other side of this break. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Underdog Fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pick'up games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or, if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. 
Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right, so the San Diego Wave over the weekend. This is actually on Friday night. San Diego Wave, they fell 1-0 to OL Reign in Seattle. And this continues the San Diego Wave struggles without their main pieces, Sophia Jakobsen, Emily Van Engmond, Alex Morgan, Naomi Gurma, Kaylin Sheridan. And it's understandable. Um, you know, there's some teams that probably have better, like, top talent sometimes than maybe the Wave do uh, based on players that are gone from, like, O.O. Rain, Portland, for example, the other week they had their starting keeper while the Wave don't. Like, so there's some... I think the Wave have good depth. I like, I believe in their depth, but there's some positions where it's like, well, they have the best of the best, like in the world at those positions. So it's kind of hard to replace those talents, right? Uh, but a one nothing loss. There was a penalty on Megan Doherty, Doherty Howard, excuse me, in the 69th minute. And it was one of those, it was in the box where obviously it results in a penalty kick and Balser ends up making the PK that gives the rain that one goal and that foul. I get it. It was a foul, but it just sucks because Megan Darty Howard, she was obviously going for the ball, but because it's obviously a fast moving sport, she couldn't do anything about it. Right. She ends up colliding with the player and there's a foul there. Can't really do anything about that. And Yanez can't stop the PK. And that was that. And so the San Diego Wave now, they are 0-4-1 since the World Cup players left. And that includes some Challenge Cup matches. That includes some of the regular season play. I think they played a few games before the Challenge Cup play really resumed um, without the World Cup players. And so, yeah, it's it's kind of like I'll make the comparison with the Padres. It's like if the Padres didn't have – Joe Musgrove, or they didn't have, yeah, Musgrove, Snell, Tatis, and Soto. How do you think they'd do? They probably wouldn't do that great, right? There's still some talent there that they would have. Manny and Kim and Hayter, right? But, I mean, that's a that's a lot of talent that they're missing, right? And that's a lot of talent that the San Diego Wave are missing. And so I think, and I continue to believe this, like hopefully there's still a few more weeks here that, San Diego Wave will be without Alex Morgan and Alex Morgan and Naomi Gurma, where which means that they're playing deep into the World Cup and they end up taking home the gold, or not the gold, it's not the Olympics, winning the World Cup. They end up coming home as champs and they come back on September 3rd against the Houston Dash for their, you know, the the welcome back match that the Wave are gonna have, and everything's good there. If there's a few more weeks here. That means that the San Diego Wave players, they will have more time. Yanez, we'll see how long Canada goes, will have more time being comfortable in the starting spot, getting more playing time. Um, and again, these lines will get more comfortable with each other. I, I continue to say that I like the Wave's depth. I believe that they will be in a fine spot. You know, the, the good news here is this is the Challenge Cup. And there's still plenty of exciting talent on this roster right now 
that Wave fans can go see at their next home match. Finally, they're back at home. Feels like it's been such a long time since we've been able to see the Wave at Snapdragon Stadium. Uh, August 5th against Angel City FC, 7 p.m. That, I believe, is the next Wave match, and that is at home, so next weekend. So that's going to be a full weekend in San Diego. Loyal, Wave, and the Padres, I believe, are all at home on that Saturday. So that's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, obviously it sucks that the Wave lost, but it's good that it's Challenge Cup play. That's what I'll say there. And again, it's hard for me to get too frustrated when they're playing without their best players. They're, they're playing without some of the best players in the world right now. They're playing without their best the best goalkeeper in the world in Kalen Sheridan. So it's, it's going to make it more difficult to win, right? By the way, if you missed it, Kalen Sheridan, new contract for her, signed through 2026. So congratulations to her. Abby Dahlkemper, I believe she was available, but she did not start in that match this uh, past Friday against OL Reign. So we'll see when she debuts. The San Diego Loyal, today, they ended up knocking off Colorado. Obviously, they had that friendly against Borussia Dortmund at Snapdragon earlier in the week. They got blown out there, but the first half, they kept it close. There were some positives there, and they end up winning 2-0 against Colorado. Corona ends up scoring in the 41st minute. That was a missile that he shot. Um, there was It was on a ball that I think was supposed to be a header. It went long. Corona stopped it with the chest, and then it was a laser in. And then Ronaldo scored in the 96th minute uh, off a rebound. And Koke uh, Vegas, I mean, he had a pretty darn good match. Had a clutch save in the 72nd minute. Uh, there, there was not a loyal defender in between the forward in Col- on Colorado and Koke Vegas. And so it was up to Vegas, and he had a big stop there. And then obviously late, they added on that insurance goal. And so the Loyal improved to 9-6-5 and five on the year, nine wins on the year in regular season play, fourth in the Western Conference in the USL. In their next match, it is on August 5th against Orange County at home. And the Loyal, they're, they're playing much better. You, you go back to their regular season matches, if you look at their schedule, and obviously, so it's not including the Borussia Dortmund match. You look at the results, and you're going to be more encouraged by how this team is playing. So again, August 5th, their next match against Orange County. And they have a lot of home games coming up. So they've got, so obviously this one was at home. Technically the Dortmund one was at home. Orange County at home, August 9th. That one's at home. August 12th against Memphis. That's at home. August 19th against New Mexico United. That's at home. And then they play Rio Grande Valley. That's August 26th away. But that's a lot of home matches. They played on, they played on the road, obviously a lot. So, you know, they got to balance that out. Um, but going back to ever since the indie game, right, where they think they had a two nothing lead, and they ended up, you know, having an or, uh, a disappointing draw there because they should have won that game. They beat Hartford July eighth, then they beat Colorado five nil, and then they beat Colorado again here after that break, two nil here. So they're playing better, and they're starting to heat up. So all good there. And quick update, U.S. Women's National Team, obviously. If you have not seen, go check it out here on the YouTube channel. Just go to playlists on my channel, 
San Diego Wave, I put it under that category because Alex and Naomi Gurma, they're playing for the U.S. Women's National Team. Check it out there, my reactions to the U.S. Women's National Team's first two matches. Their third match is on Tuesday morning at 12 a.m., the day of the deadline, the Major League Baseball trade deadline. You bet I will be up watching that. Uh, I might be up for actually Monday morning, Canada-Australia with Kaylin Sheridan playing. Uh, but the U.S. Women's National Team, if they win or draw, I believe they advance to the knockout round. If they win and Netherlands loses, then they win the group, and that sets them up for easier matches heading into the knockout round. So that's obviously what we want. And uh, I think the U.S., there's questions going in, like who is going to be starting? Is Alex Morgan going to start? Ney is going to start, obviously. Gurm is obviously starting. But is Alex going to start? Do they need more wits? Are they going to go Lynn, Sophia Smith, Lynn Williams, I mean, Sophia Smith, and Trinity Rodman? Are they going to go Alex, Soph, and Lynn? Are they going to just stick with the normal front three that they've had in the first two matches? And they're going to continue to go Soph, Alex, and Trin? Or are they going to change it up? Midfield, is Rose Lavelle going to start? Is Julie Ertz going to continue playing uh, alongside Naomi Germer, is she going to go to the midfield? Like, there's questions there. So we'll see what happens there with the U.S. Women's National Team. But again, hopefully, as I said earlier, Naomi Germer and Alex Morgan, they are away from the San Diego Wave for a few more weeks, and they are able to bring home that World Cup victory for the United States. All right, getting back to any comments, any questions here? Yep, of course, Carter. Again, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on. Uh, Sal says the Padres won't have another team with this much talent for the next 50 years. They have to go for it even if Fangraphs gives the, the Padres a 30% playoff chance. Yeah. Look, Peter, I think I, I, that's a good point. I think Peter and Preller do kind of have that view. that or They they use that to like back up their point of buying or at least standing pat and not selling, even if things didn't go great in this Ranger series. like There's so much talent on this team. We don't know the next time we're going to have a Josh Hader on this team. We may never have another Josh Hader on this team ever again. Right? When are we going to have Blake Snell pitching this well ever again? We might not have Blake Snell on this team after this season. So, you know, Manny, Bogarts, all those guys, they're not getting younger. So, yeah, you, you bring in that argument, you go all in, that definitely makes sense. And again, knowing what the Padres aren't going to do at the deadline now, uh, looking at that point Sal just made, it's like, yeah, I want them to go all in. Go get, go make additions. Don't just stand pat because standing pat doesn't make you better. Go make additions. If you're not going to sell, then go buy. Don't just, don't do nothing, right? David asked, do you think the Padres are going to make any moves or are they just going to stay pat? Not hearing much. Yeah, not hearing much either, but we know in the past AJ has made moves at some weird times, so maybe late at night. Um, maybe he makes it on deadline day. I know the Jake Marisnik deal didn't work out, but I'm just referencing that as an example. He has made some last-minute moves, like right at the deadline before. So we'll see what happens. And I also mean with the Jake Marisnik move, it didn't just not work out. It didn't make sense. It was a stupid move. You're, you literally traded for another Trent Grisham, essentially. And he, like, never played. It was really weird. 
Um, like, don't make that move. Get something that you need, AJ. Um, but yeah, don't really know when he's going to make a move, but I would be surprised if he doesn't make any move. One, it's AJ Preller, and two, if they're going to go for it, then go for it. Like, this team does need some upgrades in some spots. It's not a perfect, unflawed roster, right? All right, I think that's going to do it. Talking Friars, episode three, excuse me, not three, 435. Padres, Rangers, Padres, they sweep the Texas Rangers. A couple days before the deadline, we got the series opener against the Colorado Rockies coming up tomorrow. It's very interesting to see what this Padres team is going to do. And the rest of this season is going to be very interesting. Will the Padres make the postseason? That is a big question. That's going to be the looming question for the rest of the season after this deadline. Quick reminder, breakingtea.com, great San Diego sports swag. Click that link in the description. Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match for free, up to $100 for your first time using Underdog Fantasy. Use that code TALKINGFRIARS or click, click that link in the description. And use the code TALKINGFRIARS for SeatGeek, $20 off your order. Helping you out there. Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and subs, great cheesesteaks, the best cheesesteaks in San Diego. Go check them out. Main location on Friars Road. They're also at Petco Park as well. All right, that is it. Ben Fadden signing off. Have a great rest of your night and go Padres. Thank you.